Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
and you know, one one of my one time I'm gonna do a show called When Life Throws You a Curveball. You gotta learn how how to uh, what to do when you're looking for a slider, or you're looking for a fastball, or even a changeup. You know, come on, that's that's that batter talk. See, I can I can I can hit the long ball. See, come on now. And instead of getting the pitch that you want, you get a curveball. What do you do with the curveball when you've been practicing to hit every other kind of ball? Well, my friend, that's what I'm gonna dive into tonight as I talk as I talk about strategic living, living outside the box. Now, my guests are uh, Ron, uh, Lonnie Lonnie Salyer and Rachel uh, Jones. So. If they don't come, if they come on, I'll uh, introduce you to them. If they if they don't make it, like I said, we're gonna keep on going. But I want to first of all just let you know that this is I'm on the eve, well, the week eve of my 24th, 25th at celebration, my 25th episode. Come on, come on, now that's something to get excited about. All right, come on, get excited, people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. That way. So that that means we've been doing it, and the Lord has been blessing. So without further ado, I'm I'm gonna step into the ring here and just deal with some of the questions that we received from our chat box and our inbox and our survey and the production team put together, so that we can talk about strategic living and what does it mean to live outside of the box. Okay, let let's let's think about how you live your lifestyle. Nobody can really tell you how to live, but if you're living inside of the box, well, I usually say there is no more box. There's a cloud now because you know how everything goes up in the cloud. Well, I do, let's live outside of the cloud, but for uh, converse, conversation's sake, let's stick with our box for topic's sake. Yeah, I see you, producers. I'm going to stick with the box. Uh, what's living inside the box? Living inside the box is when, say, uh, your what's your routine? You've got a monotonous, rigid routine. That's it, church. Let's say uh, Monday morning, work, home, work, home. Maybe gym every now and then, work, home, work, home, gym. Uh, maybe not gym, work, home, work, home, store, grocery store, home. Work, home, work, home, Saturday, work, Saturday, let's say home, home. Maybe go outside, go for a ride, come back home, then Sunday, church. So work, home, church, work, home, church, gym, store. You're living inside of a box. You've reduced your life to existence. Not living, but existence. Can I tell you, my friend, you have dreams. You have ideas. You have things that you can make happen if you just put yourself to the task. So, okay, I understand work, home. I understand that routine, but when you're home, you, you have to uh, hurry up, bring up that energy to operate within your dream, operate within that vision that you have for your life. Now, mind you, if your job is your dream job, then guess what? You, you're already there. You're, you're partly there. You, you're, you're strategically living if you're already in your dream. Okay, if you are, if your job is your dream job, then strategically you're you're there in a sense because it took some planning, it took some preparation. It it wasn't by osmosis. It didn't just fall in your lap. But that's 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 very few people who are actually living their dream job or doing what they really want to do. So let's go back to coming outside of that box. 
uh, it's kind of like uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad talked about. If you read that book, uh, I can't. The author, I can't remember. He has a funny last name, Kiyowski, some, something of that nature. Forgive me if he's listening. <laughs> if he is, he can. Uh, well, anyway, you know. But Jim, he talked about uh, when you were at your job. You know, you work your job, but after you've done your job at your, you know, your workplace and you come home, you got to spend some time on your dream. You got to reserve some time for your vision because after a while, you want to work yourself out of your job and into your vision, or you want them to parallel whereby you can do both until you can really walk in your vision. It's not unrealistic, my friend. You have a vision. You have a dream. You have a life. That's bigger than the life you have now. And you know how I know? Because I remember when you was a child, maybe you were playing. Not not, not everybody, because everybody's childhood is different. So I don't want to lock my lock everybody down to the same category or demographic. But when we were children, we played we played games. See, me and some of my friends, we played cops and robbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a lot of, you know, we play cops and robbers, shoot them out. You know, not a good game to be playing if you're thinking about your future, you know. Uh, you know, I'm serious. Either the cop or the robber, those, two, those are two dangerous uh, uh, careers. The cop may be having a better job than the gangster. So, but anyway, we, we pretended. We imagined what we want to do. Now, think back to when you were a child. What did you want to be? You know, a lot of kids, doctors, lawyers, things of that nature, that's what they wanted to do. That's what they wanted to be. So if you think back, you were in your moment. You said, you know what, I want to be a teacher. So what did you do? You got your little teddy bear, your little dog, your little brother, and you sat him down and you pulled out a book and you had a pen and you were up in front of the class teaching to those, your students, your pupils. But as you begin to get, get older, Life begins to happen. Challenges, unexpected and unforeseen events begin to occur. And some kind of way, that dream of being a teacher in a classroom may have gotten wiped away or pushed to the side. But if you look and think now, maybe on your job, you find yourself teaching. You may not be in the classroom, but you find yourself teaching. So what am I saying? That avenue is still there. While you may not uh, be teaching first or second or third grade or middle school or high school, but in a sense, you're still a teacher in that place where you're working, where you're inhabiting. So you have to uh, go ahead and tap into that teacher that you really are and don't give up on that dream, If it's, whether it's a lawyer or Maybe even a doctor or whatever, because I'm going to tell you, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. I was in the Navy in the medical field, and I said, I'm going to be a doctor. But you know what? Somebody told me, you don't need to be a doctor. Very influential, incredible person. You need to be a nurse. So that killed my I, – I, they, I, they didn't kill it. I killed it. I said, yeah, they're right. I don't need to be uh, – no, no, I'm sorry. I had it the other way around. I wanted to be a nurse. Two years, I'd be a nurse. They told me, you don't need to be a nurse. Be a doctor. Go to school. Become a doctor. Well, I went to school, and uh, I can't say college wasn't for me because college was very, very much for me. I was in the library studying and everything. But what happened, life began to happen. Bills began to accumulate. And I had to leave, not drop out of school but take lesser classes, and that I was already – a little bit behind in my age, so because of my lack of 
having a stronger support system full of doctors and educated people. I had work I had a working class behind me. So because of my working class support system, I had to go back to work. But I found another pathway, psychology, philosophy, divinity, whereby I'm still able to become a doctor. I'm already a master, but I can become a doctor. See, there's more than one way, as they say in the South, to skin that cat. I'm telling you today, strategic living, living outside the box. So the first thing I want you to do is come outside of the box, open the window, open the door, kick off one of the uh, sides and look at where you are. And say, you know what, I have to step outside of the box. Now, I'm going to venture into an area, but don't you quote me too much now. It's something that they call an outer body experience. Now, I don't want you to have one because I'm not going to have one. But in the, uh, the sense or the concept of an outer body experience, step outside of yourself. That's what the, the whole framework of the outer body experience, stepping outside of yourself and seeing yourself. Now, I'm not talking about the, you know, how those that really do it or talk about astral projection or things of that nature. No, I've studied up and read all that stuff in school. But I'm talking about when you allow your mind to see yourself doing what you want to do. You see yourself, you close your eyes and you see the vision, you see the dream, you see yourself in that moment doing that very thing that you want to do that you may not be doing in your physical life. See, those places are imaginary places are real. Why? Because out of imaginary, think about it, they're images. Now, images come to life. Before an architect can build a house, what must they do? Or before the construction and the carpenter, construction workers and the carpenter and the electrician, before all those come together, what happens? There's this guy called an architect who designs the house. He puts he designs it. What does he design there in his mind? Then he puts it on paper. That's right. He writes the vision. Then come the construction. Well, then comes the construction workers, the carpenter, the electrician, and the foreman, and they look at the blueprints. And they begin to construct that which was on paper, which was in the mind of the architect, and they bring it into the physical existence. That's what I'm talking to you about today, your strategy for living. Maybe you're not on your strategy. Maybe you've gotten it, you've thrown it away, but you got to rethink, replan, revise your strategy to get back because it's never too late. We've seen people go back and get their high school diplomas. We've seen go, people go back and get their bachelor's degree. Come on, they didn't give up, and as long as you're listening to me, I'm not going to let you give up either. So before, let's take go ahead and take a commercial, our first commercial break, and I'll be right back after these words. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. 
Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, and we are back inside the studio. You're inside the lion's den with Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions. Huh? And today we're talking about strategic living, living outside of the box. All right. Listen, I want to thank you for being with us today. And I want to let you know that we are powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Uh, Win Radio for short. I'm partnered with a good team of people over at We Inspire. Uh, see BJ, BJ Lloyd and Annie, BJ Bell and Annie Bell. My God, there's some incredible, powerful people. And I'm looking forward to seeing them real, real soon this weekend at the book signing for my wife's first book, Motivation to Make It Through. You can come to at the Harriet Tubman Museum in Macon, Georgia. Listen, I want to thank everyone who's tuning in tonight. And you're the reason why I'm here. I want to give you a copy of my book. The Power Keys, Life of Wisdom Series, Volume 1, that gives you wisdom for living. If you haven't already, and if you've been with me throughout these episodes, just go to my page, Apostle John L. Solomon, like it, and give me a valid email address, and I will send you an e- uh, I will send you a copy of my book in ebook format, all right? Or e-format, all right? Let me get it together here. All right. Now, let's go back to our topic at, at large tonight, strategic living, living outside the block. I mean, outside the box. Now, one question that came in from my listeners was, could it be considered selfish to live focused and strategically, and there, and therefore that induces guilt on those who become successful with this strategic approach? Uh, this strategic approach, my friend, you don't have to apologize or feel guilty for doing what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to do that. You are supposed to live strategically. You're supposed to make plans. You're supposed to have a vision. Don't you feel guilty? Don't you feel bad? Don't you feel like, oh, my God, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. No, no, no. Don't browbeat yourself for doing what you're supposed to do. You, you, you put in the labor. You put in the time. You can't apologize for being blessed. <laughs> I heard someone say before, you can't apologize for passing the test and making a 100 on the test and uh, your contemporaries make 50s and 60s and they're looking at you funny and calling you names and ridiculing you. Why? Because number one, you are ahead of the curve. You're out in front. You're not inside the box. And uh, statistically speaking, you're ahead of the bell-shaped curve. Now, if you had made a 50 and 60, you'll be clumped right with the rest of them. But then there are some people who made 10s and 20s who are behind the curve. Now, I'm not trying to promote uh, test scores and grades as being the measurement of a person's intelligence. I'm using it to put forth the analogy that you've separated yourself from the pack. You've caused yourself to stand out from the crowd. And by doing so, guess what? You you caused yourself to move into a certain bracket whereby those who are clumped inside of that box are going to look at you funny. They're going to put pressure on you that makes you want to slump back down and go back into the box. Or maybe you may put the pressure on yourself and say, you know what, none of my friends are up here. None of the people that I know are up here. My friend, you put in the work. 
You put in the labor. You did what you needed to do, and now you're in that place, in that special place. Can I tell you, it's lonely at the top? Why is it lonely at the top? Because there are not a lot of people who are really trying to get there. They want to get there, but who's going to put in the hard work and effort to get to the top? That's why we have a lot. We we celebrate people who put forth the work and hard work to make those uh to get those accomplishments. But then there are a few people who look at you with envy, maybe jealousy, maybe anger. But my friend, don't you feel guilty? Don't you feel bad because you strove to get ahead? Now, which brings me to. Another point within that point, when you get ahead, you have to reach back and pull somebody up. Now, I'm not talking about the drowning victim. You're trying to save a drowning victim, and you can barely swim yourself. Because if you know anything about water and when someone is drowning, they could kill you. They could drown you. You're trying to save them. But guess what? They're fighting you while you're trying to save them, which causes you to possibly you could drown. So, my friend, you can't reach back and grab people who are drowning, who are not really putting forth an effort. You can go back and look for those and say, hey, come on up, come on up, come on up. Grab who you can. But, my friend, don't you drown back there trying to bring people forward. Like I always say, if, if don't, hit your, don't keep hitting your head up against a brick wall because the wall is not going to give. Your head will give before the wall will. So you help those who you can. Don't strategically put yourself in a position whereby now you run out front and don't help anybody. You keep running and you don't look back and you don't try to bring anybody up else up with you. My friend, you got to do it. You, you got to, you got, they always say give back. Yeah, give back. You can pay it forward. In a sense, you got, you have to give back. When you get blessed, when you get ahead, when you get ahead, when you come out, the Bible says strengthen your brethren. When you're delivered, strengthen your brethren. You have a testimony or a story that can enable somebody else to come up and come out and be strong. That's why I love Annie Bell's Irene. I love it because it's talking to survivors. It's talking to, she's a survivor, and she's talking to others saying, come on, come on, you can survive. I want you to come out. I want you to come out of this lifestyle that you've been placed in. I I want you to find a way out. I want to help you out of sex slavery. I want to help you out of that place of abuse, of misuse, mistreatment. That's someone who survived that and is reaching back to help others get out. And that's what you have to do. And that's why I have strength from the lion's den because I've not always been a lion. I've not always been a lion. At one time I was, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it wasn't a lion. It was the opposite of a lion. I, I dare to call myself a coward, but once upon a time, way back when, I would consider myself a coward somewhat. Because I didn't step up to challenges. I didn't stand out when the goings got tough. But something happened in my life. The Lord came in and brought me into a place where he said, now, be strong and of a good courage. 
And that's what helps me to live outside of the box. And I got to tell you, I think some of my brain cells were restored because I got smarter. I got wiser. And now I'm able to speak wisdom and strength and speak with someone who has his mind together. of the Lord, I'm able to do what I do. That's why I'll tell you in a minute, without him, I am nothing. I don't know what other people are, but I know me without him. I am nothing. Let me go on to a, another question uh, uh, sent in by the uh, production team. It said, when it comes to health and wellness, do you feel some go overboard when speaking on their health strategy, or should it be a personal thing that one should not allow to influence others? Well, I got, I got to tell you, those before and after stories are incredible. You you know it just like I know it. When you see the person before, and then you see the hard work they put in or whatever, however it means they did it for an after, you you say, wow, that's incredible. It brings inspiration. So when it comes to your health and your wealth and your wellness and your fitness, I, I don't, there are some people who are gung-ho and they may pressure others and maybe put some in a guilt trip about your health or whatever. You can't put me in a guilt trip when it comes to my health because I know a man named George Burns who lived to be a hundred years old and I don't think he even know what a gym looked like, but I don't want to say too much about Mr. Burns. But what I'm saying is that don't, don't you feel bad or don't you feel guilty because some people that that's them. They've gotten to a habitual strategic way of living where the gym is their lifestyle. That's their, that may be their calling, that may be their vocation, but don't you let yourself feel guilty or feel bad, and I, I can't say they go overboard because that's what they do. Okay, we're back, okay. Sorry about that, we had a breakdown for a moment, but that's, that's what they do. They give it all. They go hard in the gym. Now, your gyms, your gym, your gymniness. <laughs> if that's a word, your gymnastics <laughs> may be minimal or minor, but guess what? You keep plugging away. You keep doing what you know to do because it's your life. It's a part of your strategy. You may have a focus on something else. So as long as you got a focus, as long as you're building towards something, you're doing something, you're, it's your strategy. If some people's strategy is not to lose weight, some people's strategy is to lose inches. Some people's strategy is to tone up. Some people's strategy is to gain muscles. Just like me, I like muscle <laughs> being strong. It means something to me physically. So don't don't feel bad because there are people who give it all and all they know is gym. You do what you know to do and keep it your strategy. But at the same time, I don't think it should be uh, something it is personal, but you don't have to keep it to yourself like a private issue unless that's just something you choose to do. But just know you're an inspiration to somebody who may be trying to focus, who may tr be trying to do something. They say, what's your workout regimen? I hate to tell them uh, two donuts in the morning, a cup of coffee, and then I walk and walk and walk. You know, I hate to tell them that, you know, so I say, hey, I do, I do my best with what I got. You know, like Ray Charles, I'm going to make it do what it do, <laughs> you know, but Anyway, you got to have some form of strategy. Let, let's move on to the next question. Uh, what would you suggest to others on how to create better economic freedom or advancement in their life? Wow. What would you suggest to others on how to create better economic freedom 
or advancement in their lives. I'm going to tell you, there's a thousand answers that I can go down. There's a thousand paths. While I am not an expert, I am a salesman. I'm going to tell you, I am a salesman. And you have to understand the, the power of selling. And the first person you sell is yourself. Uh, going to a job interview, sitting down with that potential uh, empl- employer, you're selling yourself, your features, your what you're good at, your history. You're selling yourself. So you're the product. You are the brand. So you want to create a better economic free, economic freedom or advancement in your life. Get become be, become a better salesman. What, what and how do you do that? Self self development, self improvement. Uh, one thing that I began to improve on when I as a young man was my vocabulary. I always wanted to talk. I wanted to be able to talk from the gutter to the upper. And when I when I mean gutter, I, I wanted to talk from the lowest. I want to be able to talk with the lowest of the lowest to the highest of the highest. I wanted to be able, I wanted to be an effective communicator with anyone I came in contact with. But I began to realize I didn't always have the words that I can go in and pull on. I didn't have those uh, that vocabulary that I can go in and get and begin to talk to people. So when I was in school, I began to develop my vocabulary. I began to enhance my, my way of speaking. I began to look up words because I wanted my vernacular to be on point when I'm dealing with people. You never know when I might have to go in and pull out and retrieve a word to uh, open up the conversation that much more. Okay, so I had to improve on myself and develop myself, becoming a salesman of take of of my own self, becoming a salesman of who I am and knowing who I am, which was the product that I wanted to present to the world. So one way to better to create a better economic freedom is to develop yourself, begin to train yourself. Uh, I told you, my brother Ron Lindsay, I just love that dude. He said, "You, there are associate degrees, free bachelor degrees, free master's degrees, free PhDs, MBAs in one place that you can go and get, the library. This was he said it some years ago before before the uh, internet revolution. But he said, you can go in a library and get you a degree. You sure can. If you would begin to research a topic and research that topic and research and study and study, you can become an expert in that particular field, my friend. You may not have the credentials given out by the university or the college or that school, but you'll have the knowledge. And then, and because you have that knowledge and that understanding, your inner magnet will begin to attract or magnetically place you around those who have the same knowledge that you do. And they will say, well, what school did you go to? And what was your, what did you graduate with? You would say, I graduated from uh, Washington Public Library. They, and they will look at you like, hmm. Then seeing that you don't have an institution backing, guess what? Now, but you have the knowledge, those people will begin to open doors to place you where you need to be. Hey, thanks for being here. Hold on. We'll be right back. I'm going to break. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. 
Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. Apostle John L. Solomon, you're tuned in to Strengths from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. W-I-N stands for Win Radio. I told you I'm partnering with some good people. We want you to win. If you want to get on this network and be a part of this moving empire, this moving train, I'm telling you, just uh, go online and uh, look on the page of We Inspire Network Radio, and and we can get you in touch with somebody to get you on the air. I'm Apostle John Solomon. Tonight I'm talking about strategic living, living outside the box. Why am I talking about living outside the box? Because so many people uh, are living inside the box. They're living their life limited. Uh, as one, one, some songwriters said, they're living beneath their privileges. When you have privileges, you want to exploit your privileges, not take advantage of them. I mean, take advantage of them by using them, but you don't want to be to the point where, no, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to do this. I read a book a long time ago called The Favor Bank. When you have favor, you can draw from that bank of favor and enhance your life. life. Part of it has to do with strategic living, having a strategy, having a vision, having a plan. Another question that was sent down uh, says this. Hold on. It says, uh, where would you say the prioritizing of relationships fall in place when it comes to having a strategic living plan? High value or low value? What would you say the prioritizing of relationships fall in place? Well, can I tell you relationships are very important. No man I don't know who said it, but they said no man is an island unto themselves. I've heard so many quotes that talk about isolation. No man is an island to himself. So if you think that, you know, you think you're going to do it alone, you're you're wrong, my friend. I think Maya Angelou has a poem that says no one can make it out here alone. But at the same time, uh, Steve Covey in – Steve Covey brings to uh, light – in his book about the, the habits of highly effective people, the uh, the power of being interdependent and independent, uh, interdependent and dependent. Now I'm, I'm not I'm not dependent, but I'm interdependent. Interdependent means it's a mix between being dependent and independent. Interdependent. I can stand on my own when necessary. When necessary, I can stand on my own. 
But interdependent means that I don't want to just stand on my own. I don't want to just have to struggle to do it by myself when it's more efficient, more uh, effective when others are involved. A wise man by the name of Elderly Wave, Elder Waverly Kelly told me you can do more with 25 hands than you can with just your two. Now, I don't know why he said 25 when, every, when most people have two hands, but I, I guess he was looking for an even number. But, he, but what he was saying, you can do more with others involved than just you. So you have to extend yourself and understand that there is a high value prioritized on relationships. Broken relationships can be a hurtful and harmful thing. You don't want to live your life with a, a, a trail of bodies, broken relationships in your path, burnt bridges all over the place. After a while, you're going to find your navigation system is going to be going to run out of places to go. Your compass is going to be like, okay, I have nowhere to go. I've burnt so many bridges and I've broken so many trails and paths that I can't go back here or go back there. So you want to strive to value your relationships. Some relationships that you have need to be nurtured more. So you need to nurture those relationships. Some people you need to call more and talk to them and correspond just to see how they're doing. That That's important. That's very important. And then there are the relationships that have that do have low value whereby they don't they don't necessarily give you anything. If they're constantly making a withdrawal, a constant withdrawal without depositing in any way, shape, or form, then at the same time you that's a relationship that's not going anywhere. Now I'm not saying where you've committed yourself to a certain uh if you've committed yourself to a relationship, uh, knowing that, okay, they can't do anything for me. Okay, that's on you. That's your commitment level. You understand? So you're doing this out of the kindness of your heart. You're doing this as a good Samaritan, and you have to recognize that. Don't get weary, because you will, but understand you've committed to that. But a healthy a healthy relationship is a, a receiving as well as a, a, a deposit. You receive and you make a deposit. That makes for a healthy relationship whereby they withdraw, but they also deposit. Because if, if everyone in your relationship accounts keep making withdrawals, you're gonna come in, you're gonna find yourself in a, a NSF. You're gonna be non sufficient. You're gonna be depleted without anything. The Bible talked about five wise virgin, virgins and five foolish virgins. The five wise wise had enough and more than enough so that they would be ready when the time came. And they had more than enough because they didn't want to run out. Now, not saying don't share, but at the same time, you got to have enough for yourself to make it cross the finish line. If you're giving out to everybody else, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be strong enough. We need our warriors strong so that they can fight and protect the village. So you have to strategically continue to condition yourself, strengthen yourself, and have healthy relationships where that by you can receive as well as give. Okay? And you gotta be careful of surrounding yourself with people who uh cannot uh, contribute to you. And I'm not just talking about material, I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking about mentally, spiritually. If you're around people and you're the big honcho and you're the only one who's putting out that energy 
and no one else is holding your arms up or helping you to thrust forward, my friend, you're going to give out of gas. You're going to run out of gas. So I'm telling you, you got to surround yourself with a support system so that you can rebuild and revive so that you can get back going. So relationships are very, very important. Another question comes in and says, how can a person better develop a plan or attitude for problems or issues that come because life happens? You know what? That's a very, very interesting question. Not many people will answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, you know, I love that, but I, I think you can <laughs> I think you can handle the truth. Uh, what can better develop you? Uh, how can you uh, better develop a plan or attitude for problems or issues that come because life happens? Well, first of all, understanding and knowing that life is going to happen. That's what I was talking about earlier at this on, onset of the broadcast when I talked about curveballs. That come into your life when you were looking for sliders or floaters or fastball. You were prepared for those, but the curveball came and caught you off guard. A lot of times in life, things catch us off guard. If if we knew it was coming, then we wouldn't be off guard. We would have been prepared. We would have been ready. Uh, you have to create insurance in your life. You have to create insurance. And how do you create insurance? The very things we've been talking about tonight, having a strategy in place. We prepare for emergencies when a storm is coming. Okay, get the water, get the flashlight, get the backup generator, and we're ready for the storm. But when, but when the storms of life come, we're not ready. Well, the first thing you cannot do is fall apart. It takes strength. It takes dexterity. It takes resolve to say, hey, I got to hold myself together right now. I cannot hit the panic button right now. This situation has a calm. Now, while I may not be calm, cool, and collected, I cannot fall apart. That's the first thing. Don't lose heart. Don't lose your mind. Don't panic. But hold yourself together. Now, having that built into your subconscious, having that built into your mind that I'm not going to fall apart, that becomes a part of a strategy, knowing that emergencies are going to come and things are going to happen that you're not ready for. But if you've built within the corridors and the avenues of your psyche and your heart and your soul that I can make it. It's something I used to say as a young boy coming up. It says, I can handle anything that, oh no, it was God and I can handle anything that comes my way today. So that was a part of my affirmations. That was a part of my speaking to myself to let me know that things may occur today that may be outside of my pay grade or my skill level. But if I'm the one who has, has to tend to it and put my hands to the plow of it, then I will not be by myself because I've already convinced and affirmed to myself that God is with me and he's going to help me through this. And that was an assurance for me, a blessed assurance, if you will. So you have to get some insurance for living, whether it be mental insurance to tell yourself some things, what attitude to take. Uh, and especially if you've been through several incidents, then you've built up some resolve. You've built up some uh, with some e- e- equity in life. 
so that you know how to respond. Of course, every situation may be different, um, and most of the time it's going to be different. But if a, if it's similar, then you know uh, to, you can somewhat take the same steps that you took last time. Maybe not exact and identical, but you know you have a strategy. Wait a minute. I've been here before. I know what I need to do to come out of this thing uh, not uh, not razzle, not frazzle, not pleased. I know what to do. Friend, thank you for being with me tonight. I want you to hold on. We're going to go to a, a station identify, identification break, excuse me, a station identification break, and we'll be right back to close out after this. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, and we back. Mm-hmm. From the lions then with Apostle John L. Solomon, the apostle, the lion among lions in the lions den. I want to thank you so much for being here with me tonight as we talked about strategic living, living outside of the box. My friend, that's what you have to focus on right now in, in this season, in this hour, living outside the box, 2017. We're coming into the mid part of the year. Maybe you made some resolutions that have not quite come into uh, vision. Maybe they're not, they've not come into view as you thought. Maybe this is not the year that you thought it would be. Well, I got to tell you, my friend, the year is not over. It's not over. It's not down. It's not done. You still can go back and pick up that plan and look at that vision, revise it. Uh, re-strategize it, and my friend, move forward, move forward. So I, I don't want you to think that it's over. We're, we're, in, we're in, and you may have had a lot of setbacks and mishaps to happen this year. But my friend, life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. That means you got to pace yourself. You got to pace yourself. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the conditions that you see around you. I remember reading somewhere that Ted Turner used to say, I have to at least take an hour and do some think time. <laughs> Quoting Ted Turner, huh? he said, I had to have to do some think time. There are times when you have to get off to yourself and think. We call it we call it meditation, where you have to meditate. My friend, I have to meditate on some next moves. See, sometimes you can live life one step at a time or day by day. That's that that may work for someone, some people, but you're not going to accomplish a whole lot if you live by the fly by the seat of your pants. If you really want to go somewhere now, you may fall into serendipity or 
Sometimes people uh, hit a lottery ticket in life. This happened and that happened. But if you're not, but chance normally favors the prepared mind. It, getting is one thing. Keeping is another. Copying is one thing. Maintaining is another. You can acquire, but my friend, you must maintain. And it takes strategy. We used to say, how bad do you want it? And we would get all fired up. Ah, ah, I want it bad. Yeah, I want it. Oh, I got to go after it. How bad do you want it? But at some point, it comes down to not how bad you want it, because if you want it bad enough, with enough passion, like grandmother used to say, where there's a will, there's a way, you'll get it. You will arrive at it, and you will have it. So it comes back to not how bad you want it, because some of us want it real bad, but it goes back to how long do you want it? Hmm. How bad do you want it versus how long do you want it? You can hunger for it, but then there's the aftermath once you get it. Now, what are you going to do with it? There are several, there, there's always things around me that tell me about the aftermath. My first one was uh, Looney Tunes, I think it's Looney Tunes, but yeah, Looney Tunes when the coyote finally caught the roadrunner. When he caught him, he was about five inches tall, and the roadrunner was at his average size. Size, nevertheless, he caught him. Sometimes in life, you're gonna get what you want, but it may not be the conditions under which you wanted them. So be careful what you ask for. Because you may get it, and it may not be, in. like I said, it may not come in the package you wanted. It may not look like you thought it should look. It may not come in the season, or you. it may not be convenient for you. But if you want something, you got to realize it's going to come. So you have to say, you know what, I wanted this. I prayed for it. I asked for it. I believed it was going to come, but I didn't expect, expect for it to come now or here. So, my friend, don't get ready to get ready. You be ready for that which it is you want it to come, and you prepare because you just got to keep telling yourself it's going to come. It's going to happen, and when it happens, you'll be ready. So not how bad you want it because we know you want it bad, but how long do you want it? What Do you want longevity or do you want, do you want an overnight, uh, overnight success? One hit wonder, here today, gone tomorrow. When you're planning for the long run, you have to condition yourself. You have to prepare and plan to the end, my friend. That's strategy. So don't you give up. As I say, don't you give up. Don't you give in. Don't you give out. But give from the reservoir of who you are. And there's an unlimited source in God. If you could just pray and believe God and ask God to help and guide you. And to lead you. He will my friend. Don't give up on yourself. Don't let go of that dream. Don't let go of that vision. Strategize. Stay hungry. But understand. You're going to eat. And you're going to eat good. But as you're eating. Don't want just one meal. You want several healthy meals. And not just being greedy. I don't just want it for myself. But I want it for those who are around me. Those who have strived with me, those who have stood beside me, those who have worked along with me, I want them to eat as well as myself. 
So my friend, the Bible says write the vision and make it plain. So get out your tablet. I was going to say your pen and pencil, but this is 2017. We still use pen and pencil, but most of the time, pull out your your iPad, your smartphone, your Android, your iPhone, whatever you use to uh, take your notes, my friend, and prepare. Tell yourself what it is that you want to do next. Tell yourself my next move is going to be my best move. I found myself in some sticky situations. More than one time, similar situations that were sticky. And I remember saying to myself in a bad situation that had happened several times, I said, you know what? Enough is enough. It's not going to go down like this again. It is not going to happen like this again. I will not find myself in this predicament ever again. I am not going to let it happen. And I moved forward from that situation, and I closed the door. People always say when one door closed, God will open another. Well, sometimes you have to be the one to close the door. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, I got to shut this door, and I have to lock it, and I have to move forward. Now, if you move forward abruptly, every now and then, you may have to revisit the door. Now, I'm not saying going back and bring up the past just to bring up the past or going back to a bad place uh, as far as nostalgia or are moving backwards, but I'm talking about thinking back to the lesson. What did I learn from that? What lesson did I learn? And then say, okay, I missed something. What lesson did I miss? What nugget did I miss from this bad situation? My friend, that strategy, that strategy for living. I'm so glad that you were here with me today. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, the Lion Among Lions, and you've been with me inside Strength from the Lion's Den, where tonight we talked about strategic living, living outside the box. My friend, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged. This is my 24th episode. Now, I know I'm just a baby in the podcast world, and next week will be my 25th episode. And you know, 25. It's your silver anniversary. Well, it's not an anniversary, but it's a 25th episode. And I'm excited. And, I'm sober, and I don't know what I have for you that's going to be special, but I'm going to get with my production team, and we're going to have a burn burner of a podcast. So if you just join me next week on Strength from the Lion's Den, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be roaring. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be enthusiastic. And I may have some panelists with me, and we're going to tell you how to be strong. Get strong and stay strong. My friends, you have a good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Strength from the Lion's Den with Apostle John L. Solomon.